Welcome back to our last episode of season two. Wow, guys, it's been a journey and you have been with us along the way. Thanks. We are Red Brother Christians. I'm Jen. I'm Steve. We're here wading through the muddy waters of what it means to be a Christian in modern society, one episode at a time. Woo! So this time, we are going to be discussing family values. Ooh! Neat. Now, truth be told, we might have these, but we didn't think about them until very recently. (laughs) Yeah, yes. And that was the whole inspiration for this final episode of season two, which I think is quite fitting, actually. So I have some students who had an end-of-the-year Bible project. Shout out to David Saavedra. Great idea. Yeah, love it. So it was to it was about bringing Christianity and culture together and kind of researching that. And so they interviewed, or were supposed to interview, or had the option to interview, a Christian family from a different culture. Yeah, and the idea is to, like what I referenced in our previous episode, is to get face-to-face with people and have conversations and ask questions and get to know each other a little bit better. And I think they were supposed to do this over a meal. Is that right? Share a meal. Yeah. So we had two sets of students come over to our house for dinner, two different nights, and it was great. Technically lunch and then a dinner. Okay. You know, the details don't matter, remember? Yeah. I don't know. I just, (laughs) I... This is what I miss about teaching is the relationships with the students. So it was really nice for me to hang out with some teenagers again. So their first question or one of the first questions was, what are your family values? Three family values. Yeah. And (laughs) I mean, Steve and I don't often feel put on the spot. So I wouldn't say that. But it was kind of like, oh, okay, let's go. Here we go. Let's Let's, figure it out. Let's pick three. (laughs) Because, of course, we have values, but we haven't spelled them out for ourselves or for our kids that we know of. Right. We never sat down and like wrote them out or something. We don't have them like stenciled on our wall above our dining table. Yet. <laughs> Please no. Anyway. As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. I like that one. I, I do. I like it too. But we didn't have it stenciled out yet. My grandparents in Tennessee always had that on their wall. Not stenciled. Come on now. Let's not get crazy. It was just like a wooden framed. Was it knit? No, it wasn't knit. It was it was just like written out, but it was framed and it was on their wall. It was nice. Pretty sure somewhere in my family there's a knit version of that, courtesy of my grandma. That's sweet. Anyway, we were put on the spot. So one of the things that comes very naturally to us when we said Love. Yes. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to our minds was, well, definitely a value is love. Hello. That's what we love about Christianity. Yeah. I mean, love, there are so many things to talk about with love, but the idea of training our kids that love is a value that we have in our family, that means love others, that means love each other, that means love God, that means love his creation. Right. And if you don't get our ministry updates, we tag every one of those. With 1 Corinthians 16, 14, do everything in love. Yes. How apropos. Indeed. So 
that one is the easy one. So we're like, yeah, of course, love. That's love, great. And then we go into song and dance, and that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> Dog and pony show. <laughs> so I brought up probably the next two, but that we kind of fleshed it out together. The second one we value most is justice. Yes. And again, this one encompasses so much. The first thing that I think about when I think of the word justice is social justice and just, and that kind of intertwines with love too, as far as loving others, is having social justice as a value in your family, making sure that people are treated the way they should be treated. And then that reminds me of the golden rule of the Bible. Oh, not not Aladdin. Not from Aladdin. No, we've probably done that before. Yeah, I'm sure we have. <laughs> oh. Whoops. Uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that plays into social justice and trying to make our world a better place, a place that is fair to everybody. And as Christians, recognizing that it is not currently that way. I think some people really do think that it is, that everyone's treated fairly at this point in the 21st century, you know? And if you think they're not, it's just that maybe they're lazy or they don't They're not pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. And we want to teach our kids that that is not necessarily what's happening and that we might need to take a role in propagating social justice and making sure that policies are fair for everybody and that people are getting treated well. So we also told them, although we didn't have specific verses stenciled on their wall. No, we did not. That these are biblical truths. And so one of them you could find here about justice in Micah 6, 8 is, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. I feel like another family could have those three aspects right there as their family values. Stenciled? Of course, stenciled. Okay, okay. Or some sort of sticker applique. Right, right, right. But the idea is justice. There are some other verses. You might remember a famous one from Jesus speaking to the Pharisees in Luke eleven forty two. He is, it's one of the many woes to the Pharisees. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. of their mint rue. Come on. What was it? Yeah. Mint rue. Rue And other garden herbs. Oh, mint comma rue. And there should be an Oxford comma after rue and other herbs. Anyway, they were tithing, but they weren't acting justly or fairly to the people. That's a no-no. So we go back to the Old Testament for this next one about justice. This is in Zechariah 7, 9, and 10. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Now I'm going to read verse 10 very clearly for you. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. In your hearts, do not think evil of each other. Wait, so aliens from like outer space? Or what, what does that mean? Well, because we have to allow for biblical inerrancy... I suppose that extraterrestrials could be included in this. Okay, okay. E.T. phone home. And by aliens, we actually mean foreigners. 
I'm sure some translations actually have the word foreigner as opposed to alien. Right, right. Again, we are reading from the NIV version. NIV version? NIV. We are reading from the NI version. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Fantastic. We are reading from the New International Version version. Super. And one that we actually used in a conversation about ministry. So Christians are asked to do ministry, to evangelize, to work with Christian organizations. And a lot of times what happens is they are asked to sacrifice their time, their money, their well-being for the ministry. So think about that idea of sacrifice. Not a terrible thing. We do it in other ways, maybe for our own kids or family. But the Bible is very clear, if that's possible. Uh, In Proverbs 21, verse 3, to do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. I feel like you used that verse at our first place of employment. Yes, I did. And I have it written in the margin that I did. Oh, wow. And I realize that sacrifice here might be meant as a burnt offering, like a bull or a ram or a goat or something. But the word comes through as the same, and some of what we do with our lives is similar. Didn't at your last faculty meeting, they ask you to sacrifice a bull? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I said, well, I think what we might need to do is something right and just instead of that, because the Lord wants that. How about I just, you know, enter my grades correctly into the grade book and... Right. So we value justice. And we didn't explicitly form this together until these students asked us. But then pressed uh, for a third one, I said that we want our kids to value excellence. This is such a big one, such a good one. Excellence in, in everything, in all areas of life. And for us, excellence means, and just thinking about this podcast and some of the things that we've talked about, the issues we've we've brought up or discussed, is trying our best to have a conversation about truth and getting to that point. We want to do our due diligence in everything, and that is including our Christianity. So excellence to us means not only reading the Bible, but reading other pieces of literature. Maybe for us, it means moving to another country to get a bigger, broader, better perspective of the human condition. Excellence also could mean doing a good job cleaning your room, doing your homework. Just doing your best. It doesn't have to be necessarily better than someone else, but it better be your best. And so there are a couple of verses, 1 Corinthians 10.31 and Colossians 3.23 say almost the same thing. Okay, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says... So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And if you're doing it for the glory of God, you probably want it to be your best. Right. I I feel like excellence is, is part of this here. And speaking of excellence, as we are recording right now, our three young boys are supposed to be out cleaning uh, all their toys and whatever Because that's what they do at the end of the day before they are allowed to watch a few minutes of a movie or play a few minutes of Minecraft or whatever it is. So I guess we will see how well we have trained them after we finish recording this episode. But the idea is there. They know it. Carrying it out might be a slightly different issue at times. Yes. And so another way we would want excellence, and this goes into 
why we live our lives the way we live our lives. In Titus 2, verses 7 and 8, it says, In everything set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about you. Boom! That's good stuff right there. And unpacking that for maybe a secular position on it, basically be so good that someone who's trying to criticize you feels shame and guilt because you are that excellent at what you are doing or saying. So we kind of got that part of the conversation underway or out of the way with these uh, students. And yeah, I thought we did pretty well for kind of being put on the spot there. Love, justice, excellence. But there's always for us now, especially uh, being in a ministry position or being in a missionary position. Whoa, whoa. That (laughs) we have a little trepidation answering some of these questions as honestly as we would want to. Because we, I don't know if it's fear, but it's, we think other Christians don't think we're Christian enough. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I have a quick anecdote for that. So I have some relatives in Nevada. We're going to visit their church and um, speak at their church because their church supports us uh, financially. And just a, a quick side note there, if you f- support us financially, what that means is the money is going to organizations, nonprofit organizations here in Ecuador that we have kind of decided are are great and are doing great things. So they they kind of texted me and they're like, hey, we want to call you and chat about, you know, what you're going to talk about or whatever. You know, we want to call and chat about that before you come. Uh-oh. And my first reaction <laughs> was, oh my gosh, they've listened to our podcast and they think that we're not Christian enough. They don't want us to speak. So yeah, there's that insecurity still in our lives. And it wasn't that. I I don't think they listen to our podcast. Um, maybe they do. Maybe they do. And they they still think we're we're good enough. But yeah, that was my gut reaction. Um, we are going to be speaking at their church, talking about some of the organizations that we support here in Quito. Yeah, so the conversation kept going with these students, and it revolved around the Christian culture that we create within our own family. And what do we do? Do we go to church every week? Not here since the pandemic, but do we do we have verses that we... Well, their question was, do you have like rituals or routines day to day that kind of play out your Christian faith? That's true. And so at first, we were kind of taken aback by the word rituals, because that sounds iffy. <laughs> right. We we did mention that we slaughter animals. <laughs> right. Bulls. I mean. But that acting justly is better than that. So we've kind of gone away from the bull sacrifice. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we, we kind of chuckled at that word. But so we were thinking about like, well, what do we do with our kids and together as a family? And I would say what came out of that was prayer was one of the top things that we do on a consistent basis. And we explained that some of the justice things we feel strongly about, we try to show them on a consistent basis so that that's not necessarily a ritual, but it's a routine that 
we would be advocating for social justice. Yeah, and part of that, we've mentioned this before, but just like kind of putting our money where our mouth is, supporting good organizations, but making sure that our kids understand that process. Like we talk to them about like, we're spending money here because this is a good organization. They're doing good things for their employees or they're doing good things for the city or the community. And conversely, why don't we become patrons of these other places that are ubiquitous in U.S. lifestyles? Like, because those companies we know enough about that we don't like that we won't support. So they asked some other questions. Again, they if they asked about inerrancy of the Bible, and you've already heard that one, we would have probably said, nope. <laughs> uh, but they also asked, this, this was a really... I mean, not difficult for us, but difficult to say out loud and have someone either record or have just record of. And it was, what if your kids grow up and don't believe what you believe? Yeah, if they wander or stray or decide to take a different path away from the faith. And I think we were in agreement, even though we we didn't talk about it beforehand that I'm aware of, but we are okay with that. And I know that's probably maybe for Steve's mom listening right now is difficult to hear. But our reasoning is that we think that raising good humans who care about others and love others as Jesus does teach us is and making good contributions to society is more important than saying the sinner's prayer. And I put it this way. If you gave me the choice for our kids to follow our family values and not be a Christian or be a Christian and not follow our family values, yeah, I'm choosing following our family values every time. We unfortunately have known Christian people who aren't very good people. And just because you are a Christian, it doesn't mean that you are contributing in a healthy way to society or making this world better in any way. It does not mean that. Would we prefer that they have a Christian faith? I think so. Yeah. We think that there are some really wonderful things about following a faith and believing in a powerful and loving God and the spirituality that comes with that. All good things. But just because you can be labeled as a Christian— Again, it doesn't mean that you are out there doing good things. It doesn't mean that you are advocating for social justice and loving others and being excellent in what you do and being fair. Yeah, and that would be disappointing if they weren't those things. And it would be disappointing on two fronts, not only as parents, but as we still identify as Christians, to have other Christians out there saying, I'm a Christian, look at me, but I'm not doing these what should be Christian things. And I I think this loops all the way back to our very first episode in season one. And the title of it is, If Those Idiots Are Christians, What Are We? Okay, we're going to go back through our three values and give an example or two of how the value manifests in our lives and the lives of our children or what we teach our children to do. So starting with 
love. Yeah, I feel like this is maybe because it came to our our brains first thing. It is one of those things. It's very ubiquitous. It's like love, love, you know, everybody wants to do love. Everybody wants to do love. That's what I heard. (laughs) That was a good sentence right there. No, but like if you're secular, if you're Christian, whatever religion you are, love is pretty central, I, I would say. Yeah. So how does it manifest? Like, what do we specifically do to show our kids that love is a value? And our second born is most outspoken how we are not loving him well. Aww. But that is in itself one of the ways we love him is to show discipline when he doesn't want it uh, and to still be there when he doesn't want us there and to show him love. Love isn't always perfect, should be biblically, but it's not, but that we're there. Yeah, I would say love doesn't leave. Example, I'm tucking our second born in for whatever reason, he's out of sorts and he's thinking that I'm being mean for whatever reason, fill in the blank. If you're a parent, you you just know these things happen. And sometimes there's no real rhyme or reason and he might've just been tired. But anyway, I'll tell him something like, I'm not going to read the book, the bedtime book, until you've calmed down, but I will stay with you. And I'm just like lying next to him on his bed, waiting for him to calm down to read the book and do our whole tuck-in routine, which if you're wondering, I can tell you what it is because I think it's pretty great. He reads a book to me. He's six, so he'll pick out an easy book, read it to me. He will pick out a book for me to read to him. And then I turn out the lights. He's in bed, kind of tucked in. I'll lie down next to him on top of the covers. And then I sing the Lord's Prayer. And then I pray. And sometimes I ask him if he has any prayer requests or praises and sometimes not. Sometimes he prays, but mostly it's me. And then I put on the magic tree house that I have borrowed from the library through my Libby app on my phone. And we just play that for a chapter or two until he falls asleep. That sounds lovely. It is lovely. Wow, that goes together so well. Sorry, that was a long tangent, but (laughs) maybe two of you are interested in that. So other ways that we show love or that we hope that we're showing love that they can see is that they see we, Jen and I, love each other. Yes. And we want them to see us hugging. We want them to see us kissing as gross as they think that is. They're going to look back on that in life and be like, my parents loved each other. I thought it was so gross. But they hopefully will never doubt that we love each other. Right. And and that, that can be strong. That is good. And that is, that is a way to treat your future spouse. Yes. So again, like modeling the behavior that we want for them, showing them hopefully a, a healthy, loving relationship. Right. And again, we do that in many different ways, but we also speak out loud about part of the family and part of loving is doing things for other people too. So when our oldest is complaining that the other two aren't helping clean up at all, we say, no, just that's love. We cleaned up for you when you were their age. This is love now that you get to show them. Yes. And that's not always understood, but eventually I think it will be, you know, like we repeat these things and sometimes they just want to be mad. And don't (laughs) we as adults too? I mean, come on. 
Yes. And that brings us a different point that our imperfections in even trying to express love as a value do happen. They hear us get frustrated with things that happen outside of the home or if something happened at school for me, they hear that and it's probably not a loving tone. (laughs) Yeah. But we try to still model behavior for them even when we make mistakes. Yes. On to justice. What do we do to show this value in our lives? This is tough because some of the stuff we do, they don't understand or it's not clear to them. But like investing our money in certain (laughs) places and... We try. So when the students asked us about this, we want to make sure the students knew what we meant by justice and what we're doing and hopefully what our kids hear or see us doing. One of those is the bail project. I mentioned this one specifically because it's not Christian. And while I, while we support plenty of Christian organizations, we value the bail project's mission of justice so much that we want to support that. Right. I came across the bail project reading some article in the news. It seemed interesting. I clicked on the website. I read up on them. They have a video um, kind of explaining their mission and everything. But in a nutshell, they are working to help eliminate bail. And you might ask, why? What's what's the big deal about having bail? Like having there be like a price to get out of jail? Like you've done something wrong, right? And well, not necessarily. And the the problem is that if you happen to have money and you're arrested for something, you just bail yourself out and it's no problem. And then you can just live at home, you can continue to work, and you can continue to make money for your family and for yourself until your trial. But if you're poor, you just sit in jail until your trial. And you are unable to continue going to your job and making money for your family and for yourself until your trial. Which, of course, puts a huge strain on someone who's already poor and makes them even poorer. And keep in mind... You go to jail when you are arrested, not when you are found guilty. Right, right. So if you have money, you just bail yourself out immediately. So the argument of, oh, well, it's keeping criminals off the streets, that argument is moot because it doesn't have to do with criminality. It has to do with money, 100%. Money. And so the bail project provides cash bail for anyone. They do not base their decision on innocence or guilt for that particular person or the crime. So they will help bail anyone, no matter the crime, even if you're like, oh, not the violent crimes, please, no. People have been wrongfully convicted and wrongfully arrested and incarcerated. And I feel like there's a little saying that we have in the States, and it goes a little like, innocent until proven guilty. Except the bail system is jailed until proven innocent. So that's one way. (laughs) We hope that they see other ways that we value justice specifically in their lives and in our lives. So our other value of excellence, how do we show that, Jen? So a specific way this manifests in our family is practicing And that can be applied to sports or piano because our boys, well, the two older boys are taking piano lessons from a music conservatory that is literally across the street from us. And side note, 
we talk to our boys about these kinds of things that we're paying for them to go to piano lessons because we believe that a music conservatory in a city is a good thing for the city. And like, that's something that we would support. So that's just a side note, but (laughs) a reminder of just like, talk to your kids, talk to your family, talk to your friends about what you do. It's good. Keep the conversation going. So with practice, we we talk to them about how practicing the fundamentals is going to get them to a point of excellence. And reaching excellence isn't an immediate thing. So I know Steve talks to Asher about basketball and how just shooting isn't necessarily going to make you a better basketball player overall. Dribbling is probably where you want to really start at the fundamental level. And that might not be as fun to do as shooting hoops. And I tell Asher and Shade that when they practice piano, scales are really important. And oh my gosh, talk about tedium. I know this. I took piano lessons forever. But scales, it's fundamental. Chords, chord progressions, all these things aren't necessarily fun, but they help you get to a point of being able to reach excellence. Right. And a quote that is often associated with Aristotle, but probably was just inspired by what he wrote, is we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Oh, that's so good. I definitely had that quote up in my room when I was a teacher, and I wrote it out and put it up in my boys' room as well. I think it's since fallen down, but it was up there at one point. Yes. So another specific way that I talk to our oldest about this is sometimes he'll come back and say, hey, I did so well on this or that, or I'm better than my classmates at this or that. And I stop him and I say, you might have done well on that, but did you do your best? You might be better than your classmates at this or that, but are you getting better? Are you doing your best? Because sometimes we can be better. I would interject here and say, as a parent, it's easy and natural and desired, I think, sometimes for us to just cheer them on and just say, wow, great, awesome job, like high five. Wow, that's so pretty. Like show me your picture. I love it. And I think an element of that or an amount of that is good and necessary. But we try not to only cheer, but have more of a conversation with them. Even like if Shade brings something that he's drawn with crayons or whatever. And he's like, oh my gosh, look at this. It's so great. And he's so proud of himself. And you're like, oh, my baby, he did this. I'm so proud as a mom. I try not to simply say, oh my gosh, it's amazing. But maybe ask him questions like, whoa, you used orange here. That's so cool. Why did you do that? Or, you know, just asking questions as opposed to simply praise. Right. And as I was saying before the interjection... Sorry, that was a long interjection. ...is that even if we're better than someone, even if we're comparing ourselves to someone else, does it mean that we're actually excellent at what we're doing, that we're doing the best we can? Heck no. So I I challenge my oldest, at least right now, and, and my other boys later. I say, look, you might be good at this right now, You might be better than your peers right now, but you better keep improving and you better be doing your best every time. That means 
if you are really good at math, don't miss any of them. Right. And I can't help but bring up, and this is a bit conversely, but there's a quote from somewhere. I have no idea where. I know we mentioned it when the students were here for dinner, lunch, whatever. (laughs) And it was, never be the smartest person in the room. And the reason we like this quote is, if you are the smartest person in the room. One, you're either alone or... (laughs) You need to move on so that you can be challenged. So if you are not familiar with 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter of love... Then you have never been to a Christian wedding. (laughs) (laughs) That is also true. It says a lot of things about what you might be doing in your life, and if you're doing it without love, then you're basically nothing. And the love is patient, love is kind, all that. All the good things about love. But right before that... And hopefully you see how this comes all the way around, is 1 Corinthians 12, 31. And it says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. We are Red Weather Christians. I'm Steve. And I'm Jen. Keep the conversation going. And by conversation, it may be with yourself. It may be with your family. We're talking about identify three key or core values that you want, that you want to show, or that you have. So we're going to leave you with that homework assignment to do with your family or just by yourself. What are your three values? Hags, have a great summer. (laughs) Kit, keep in touch. (laughs) never change unless you're god and then maybe you do did someone write that in your yearbook never change no unless you're god or no whatever. i was referring to our own podcast oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's your thanks again everyone for hanging out with us and i we hope that this has spurred some conversations in your own lives but also if you're wondering if we are going to have a season three Yes, we are planning on it. I, you know, make fun of how low our our viewership, is that a word, is. But actually, we have a pretty solid listening audience. And we want to keep this podcast going as long as people are listening. So stay tuned. It will probably start in the fall of 2022. Boop, boop, ba-doop.